1: They get their minutes, and they tackle them as they see fit. Here's your host from the Groundhog Day Project and Michael Myers Minute, Robert Black. Minute 32, Dave finds a way out of the forced perspective room. To tackle Minute 32, we have Rick Ingham and Julia Ingham of the Mad Max Minute.
0: You come home, there's a giant maze in your living room. You're like, what the? There's a giant maze in my living room. I've heard of people rearranging the furniture, but this is wackadoodle crazy. Yeah, sense of that. this doesn't make any sense is a problem? it's like a
1: fucking cocktail party in here
0: if I get a few words from you before you go welcome to minute 32 I'm your host for today Rick Ingham, alongside your other host for today
2: hi I'm Julia Ingham.
0: normally we produce the Mad Max minute podcast but today we are here in Dave's cardboard maze to help break down this movie one minute at a time this episode is going to be divided into two parts: Here in part one, Julie and I have only seen the trailer and this minute specifically. We have very little context for what has come before or what will happen afterwards. I'll explain part two when we get to it, but in the meantime, we are here with Dave and Annie and Gordon and all the rest, and it appears that our merry band of explorers have actually found Dave. They've completed, I'm assuming, one of their objectives for this sojourn into the labyrinth. That Dave has constructed.
2: Yeah, I really wasn't expecting to meet Dave so early in the movie, but since we did, that means that Dave doesn't have control of the maze anymore, because there is so much movie left. He is a victim of it.
0: Yeah, his first line that we hear is that things have gotten out of hand, and that none of this should have happened. And of course, the first question that I have, with no context for what happened in the last 12 minutes since we showed up for minute 20, is... None of what should have happened. We know from the trailer that bad things happen to people in this movie. I don't know who those people are or what happened to them, but Dave is concerned, Gordon's concerned, Annie's concerned. Things are happening outside of the minute's and the trailer that we've seen. And my big question is, what the heck is going on?
2: I definitely feel like we've missed something. Something dramatic has happened. Perhaps we've lost a member of the team. None of the people that we know from reviewing Minute 20, but from the trailer, we know there's more people. So we have absolutely no idea if somebody is missing.
0: Before we start talking more about People and what they're talking about. They are here in a room. This room has a pair of doors, a window, a table, a chair. We know from the trailer that this table and chair are actually a forced perspective thing. They're actually really tiny up towards the front of the room. Mm. No, we saw it in the trailer. I know. What do you.
2: Well, later on in this minute, things change size. So the table in this minute isn't necessarily a forced perspective issue. Also, because. Forced perspective means that you can't move. Your eyeball can't move, or else it will be destroyed. The perspective will be destroyed. We see that table from multiple perspectives in this minute, and it doesn't change. But two other things in this minute, in this room, change size. So, in this minute, that table is normal size. It changes to be tiny.
0: I don't think we're talking about the same table.
2: The table, like the the one greenish? with the pink.
0: Yeah, the one at the front of the room that doesn't have anything on top of it.
2: No, It has a cup on it.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you're talking about the table that has a pink box on top of it.
2: No, there's a table with a cup on it, and then later on in the minute, the table is still the same, and the cup has changed corners and is now huge. Huh. And then the painting on the wall behind Annie starts out being big, and... And by the end of this minute, it's tiny.
0: I completely missed that.
2: Yeah, this room is screwy.
0: Well, we already know that because cameraman, boom operator and Harry lean through one door and they appear in the window on the other side.
2: Yeah, I love this specifically because the last minute that we reviewed, minute 20, we complained about the cameraman not being in the right place to actually capture things. So now we get this portal-like way that they're able to curl around and get a better perspective on what's actually happening.
0: And of course, Gordon opens up another door in that space, and it looks like there is a hallway, but as he walks into the doorway, he bumps into what appears to be just a facsimile of a hallway. And him bumping into that is what prompts him turning around and asking Dave, well, what did you think was going to happen? To which Dave replies, it was just cardboard. And the word was, is what concerns me.
2: Right. We know that Dave made the maze because... Dave made a maze. But since then, who has taken it over? Right. Because it's not under Dave's control.
0: And as Dave backs away from the others who seem to be ganging up on him, he says very specifically that no one was supposed to get hurt. Which makes me question, wait, someone has gotten hurt? All of the people that we care about are still here. And it makes me wonder if it has anything to do with that weird glove that Dave is wearing.
2: Yeah. Did he get hurt? Right. Now that glove is on his left hand. Most people are right-handed, so maybe the glove is there to assist him in building the maze, mm-hmm. like wearing a leather glove so that you're protected against cuts and burns and whatnot when you're working, and his version is a 80s-style puffy snow glove.
0: <laughs> I thought it kind of looked like an oven mitt.
2: Oh, I guess it could be an oven mitt, too.
0: I'm assuming it's to protect his hand against paper cuts Yeah, from working with cardboard all day. I think
2: so. Maybe he did have two and he lost one in some sort of epic battle with the entity or perhaps he only ever had one leading one hand free to have the dexterity to work with the cardboard.
0: He could have another glove in that giant duffel bag he's carrying because yeah. we never get to see inside that duffel bag. At least we don't.
2: We don't and it's pretty big and pretty empty. I assumed that it was maze making supplies.
0: I like tape and glue and pair of scissors and things like that. Mm -hmm. While Dave is on the defensive, we cut over to see that Harry, boom operator, and cameraman are in the, I want to call it a window, but it is also sort of a doorway portal, but they're sitting there and Harry is asking cameraman, are you getting the ineptitude and boyish charm? And I've got to say, I think I like Harry. That's a pretty good line.
2: That is a pretty good line.
0: Annie, of course, is on the offensive and she says well it's not just cardboard anymore and dave is doing this thing he says i said don't come in i said it's too dangerous what he's doing is he's taking this situation that annie gordon and the camera crew have found themselves in and he's putting it back on them he's saying listen i told you don't touch that hot pan and you got burned it's your own fault. And Annie turns it around on him and says, this is a rescue you dick. And I love how she's not allowing Dave to transfer the blame onto her and the others.
2: Right. Her point of view is that Dave has his hand on a hot pan and in order to get his hand off, she also needs to put her hand on the hot pan.
0: She is metaphorically trying to pry his hand off of that burning handle and he is stubbornly holding onto it because Dave may this maze it is his creation he is responsible for it and responsible for the things that happen inside of it it's the reason that people can go to an amusement park get thrown off of a roller coaster and then turn around and sue the amusement park
2: right those people go to those parks voluntarily they know that there is a risk they know that measures have been taken to keep them safe but they're not guarantees. And that's part of the thrill.
0: Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm not 100% on the ball with my amusement park analogy from a legal standpoint, but from an ethical standpoint, I feel like I stand pretty firm.
2: I guess so. I am on Annie's side. I do see why they're there to rescue Dave. But in Dave's defense, he did say don't come in.
0: Right. I went with the amusement park angle. What I should have gone with are those people that decide to bungee jump off of public bridges. There are signs that say don't jump off the bridge, and there are people that do it anyway. And then, of course, the authorities come in, and the people have to answer for what they've done. And you can't necessarily blame the state or the county for building that bridge that people jump off of, but now we're splitting hairs.
2: Yeah, every time you bring up an example, it pulls me more and more to Dave's side because he did tell her not to come in. And we have seen a snippet of that from the trailer, but we don't know the full extent of that conversation Mm -hmm. and the process by which Annie entered the maze. I think things might be a little more clear on this argument once we have seen the movie.
0: Well, now I'm trying to question, am I more on Dave's side that he told them not to come in? Dave should have been left on his own to suffer the... consequences of his actions or am i more on annie and gordon's side where it's better that they went in after dave to save him that that was a more noble thing and that they are in the right i'm not sure if there is a correct answer
2: it reminds me of the new jumanji movie which I have not seen. The information that I'm about to say is gleaned from trailers and reviews and whatnot. There's supposed to be five characters in the game, but our group of protagonists is only four people, which means that there is a role missing, a specialist missing. And over the course of the game, they find him because he went in years earlier. And it's one of the Jonas Brothers, I think. He goes in years earlier all by himself And because he's all by himself, he can't complete the game until our four protagonists find him. All five of them join up and they have all the skills needed to complete the game. Hmm. So to save the one, the four had to go into the game and risk their own safety and lives to save the one. They didn't know they were doing it at the time. That's how it ended up being. So it's a parallel to here where, yeah, you could leave Dave in there all by himself. But does he have all of the skills necessary to get out?
0: So Annie has called Dave out for his ridiculous ideas. Gordon steps forward and says, we're going to die and it's all your fault. This might harken back to that little snippet that we saw at the very end of minute 20 where Gordon found what we thought was a bone. Apparently, death is a possibility in the labyrinth, and not getting lost and being forever trapped in a labyrinth Type of death, like actively being killed by the maze, is the implication that I get from this line. Yes. Things have escalated very quickly, it would seem. Mm -hmm. Being confronted with this idea, Dave turns away from his friends, and Annie is rather indignant that he would just ignore them like that, but he walks around to a table that is holding a brightly colored box with a big old bow on the top of it. And any and the others are just watching him be off in his own little world. They're, I'm assuming, waiting for him to answer their accusations. But he's just ignoring them. And as he lifts the lid off of this box and peers down into it, he looks at them and says, This will work. And then goes to climb into it, it would seem.
2: Yeah, we've got another portal situation going on. Who knows where his feet are dangling out. It does seem though that he imagined this portal almost like he created it just now. Mm -hmm. So it does seem that perhaps he does have some control over the maze.
0: I saw this and I thought to myself that this portal must be a puzzle. You're supposed to walk into that room through one door, find that you can't get out the way you came in, find that another door is false and so you need to escape room style find your way out and i see this box as the answer to that riddle now we haven't done too many escape rooms i think two or three mm. between the two of us yeah but this sort of solution seems very escape room-esque to me the idea that you walk over you open the box and it's once you look in the box then you realize oh wait this is a portal out of here
2: yeah when you walk into an escape room the first thing you do is you open things mm-hmm.
0: open things up turn things over mm-hmm. pull the cushions off of all the furniture <laughs> that sort of thing and I like how everyone is just sort of standing by watching as dave steps into the box and as dave climbs in he says oh through here and i'm guessing that for all of the space bending trickery that have been doors and hallways i think annie is swatting at gordon because she's got her hand out she's just kind of swapping at him but i think she's hitting him like this because they've yet to see something that is this blatantly crazy the fact that dave is climbing into a box on top of a table with nothing underneath it, no clear and apparent pathway. Because when we saw the first time, they were going through a column. They were passing through a doorway. There was almost a sort of tunnel that you could envision going into a solid object that there's no strangeness. This is just a box on a table. And that strikes me as something that's different than what they've seen before.
2: It must be, because Annie does seem struck by this phenomenon but really how is this all that different than the door that they are currently leaning through that leads to a window on the opposite wall it's a tunnel from a to b we just don't know where b is
0: Mm -hmm. and we see dave duck down and disappear entirely into this box and as annie and gordon are standing there With the camera crew, they're looking at each other, and we hear a roar in the distance. And it sounds like a monstrous, rather bullish roar to me, so I'm assuming that the Minotaur that we saw in the trailer is somewhere out there in this maze currently.
2: It's almost like Dave took all of the ideas he had on what a labyrinth is or could be, all the stories through history and the media that he has seen, and combined it all into one maze. So far, we have... Legends of the Hidden Temple and Labyrinth and the Minotaur, all examples of pop culture labyrinths.
0: So Dave pops out of this box and you can tell that he's not really letting their accusations get to him. He looks at them and he says, you have to trust me. I can't. And the minute cuts off in the middle of his sentence. I'm not sure the others really have any choice but to trust Dave at this point because they don't seem to have any better idea about what's going on than he does.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think they can follow him without trusting him. Mm-hmm. I don't think they do have to trust him. They need to follow him.
0: I think they need to trust him that he's not going to lead them into harm.
2: I think they should not trust him that he's not going to lead them into harm because he already has.
0: I look at the situation that Dave is as much of an explorer in this situation as they are. I don't think Dave is creating spaces anymore. And I think they need to trust him that he's not going to purposely throw them. Them to a dangerous situation on purpose. He may accidentally lead them into a dangerous situation, but he's not doing it intentionally.
2: Okay, I'll give you that.
0: Yeah. That's what I meant by they need to trust him. At
2: this point, I don't trust Dave at all. He's an idiot who has done something that got out of hand. Somebody has gotten hurt. They are trapped in this room. And yes, Dave found the way out and they should follow him out that door portal. But I don't really think they should allow him to lead. Mm. In a general sense In this moment, yes Climbing through that box Yes, they should But in general, I don't think they should
0: All right Well, that brings us to the end of Minute 32 And the end of Part 1 of today's episode We've had a taste of what the maze has to offer But we're no closer to truly understanding Its many mysteries and what they mean for the characters So we're going to take a short break To watch the movie from beginning to end And we'll be back for Part 2 To discuss Minute 32 with a bit more perspective Though it's only been a moment for you, for us it's been several hours and we have watched Dave Made a Maze in its entirety and then re-watched this minute with the knowledge of everything that came before and everything that is yet to come. So with that added perspective, let's re-enter the maze at the top of minute 32. We kick off things with Dave trying to explain himself to Annie while Gordon finds a door to nowhere. This is the forced perspective room that we talked about back in part one.
2: This room is is even more confusing now that we've seen the entire movie.
0: Mm -hmm. I saw the giant cup that you mentioned.
2: Yeah, I actually noticed that in just our minute, you can see the giant cup behind Dave. So I was kind of wrong about that, but it still moves. Mm -hmm. And yes, there is a lot of force perspective stuff going on, but I think it's a combination of force perspective and things changing.
0: Oh, yeah. We know the chair is tiny. We know the table is regular sized. Somewhere in that back corner, I guess, is a giant cup in addition to the one that we saw on the table because that's the one that cameraman picked up last time. I say last time, I mean the last minute y'all listened to, not the one that we were talking about. You get where I'm going with this. It was also in a previous minute where they revealed that the picture on the wall is not actually hanging on the wall. It just looks like it's
2: hanging on the wall. Yeah, it's actually tiny as well.
0: So this room is just all sorts of weird.
2: It really is.
0: And so Dave is talking, and he says, "'Things got out of hand. None of this should have happened.'" And Gordon bounces back from the hallway that's not a hallway, and he says well, what did you think was going to happen? And Dave says that it was just cardboard, which at the time that he started, sure, it was just cardboard. But we've seen very graphically at this point, it's more than cardboard to the likes of Jane, Greg, and Brynn, who have either been killed by traps or taken by the Minotaur.
2: Compared to some of the things that we have seen, this room, as crazy and wacky as it is, feels safe and normal.
0: It seems like a good place to catch your breath.
2: Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is the first time since meeting up with Dave that they've really had that chance. Yes. They found him in a moment of emergency, and it's been go, go, go for a couple of minutes, and this is... Their break, mm-hmm. such as it is.
0: So they're understandably upset about the situation. And Dave is very defensive. Gordon, of course, asked him what he thought would happen. He said it was just cardboard. He says no one was supposed to get hurt. And to that, I ask why he included death traps in his maze instead of just puzzles and riddles he didn't need to put death traps
2: no and i suppose it's possible that dave didn't create the death traps that the minotaur created the death traps okay because it was gordon that pointed out that minotaurs don't kill people they eat people who are already dead mm-hmm. which i I'm not sure it's true, but that's what Gordon said anyways.
0: Okay. I went to the dictionary. I know I hate it when people dig into the dictionary and be like, Merriam-Webster defines the term blah, blah, blah as blah, blah, blah. But basically, Merriam-Webster defines the word labyrinth. As a complicated, irregular network of passages or paths in which it is difficult to find one's way, also known as a maze. So Gordon's distinction that, well, if it didn't have a minotaur or death traps, it would just be a maze. And he defines it that way. And it's like, I, I feel like they're pretty interchangeable here.
2: Well, yes, by the dictionary, but in culture, there's a difference between a maze and a labyrinth. That, honestly, at this point, I can't remember what minute we recorded that we talked about it, that the term labyrinth implies a certain amount of complexity.
0: Mm. And so we shift over to these perspectives, seeing Harry and his crew leaning out the window. And of course, we get a repetition of the line about the ineptitude and boyish charm. I still like this line, but it definitely seems as more of a side note this time around. Knowing everything that has happened, that Harry is calling out Dave as inept and boyish. People have died. Harry, I know you're trying to be detached And creative and whatnot, but come on. I feel like he could be a bit more serious about the situation.
2: Yeah, his goal, the entire movie, is to make a movie. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't really ever waver from that goal.
0: All the way to the end. He is single-mindedly focused, much like Annie is in this scene when she remarks that it's not just cardboard anymore. And I want to be a little pedantic here and say, well, from a material standpoint, it is still all cardboard. But from the situation they're in, the normal level of safety that you typically associate with cardboard... We're not there anymore.
2: Well, the body of the Minotaur isn't cardboard.
0: That's a good point.
2: It's flesh and bone.
0: We never actually get to see the Minotaur in our minutes, but I want to touch on him real quick. Because, yes, his head is cardboard and parts of his costume are cardboard, but the rest of him is flesh. Yep. Where did he come from?
2: That is something that is never answered. The entire movie, Mm. never answered.
0: I'm going to put a note down for the next minute where we're showing up. Because I have a theory about where he came from. But I don't want to talk about it here. I want to talk about it later on. So Dave, in response to being berated by Annie here, fires back that he said don't come in. He said it's too dangerous. I'm still of the opinion that it's all on Dave, though.
2: Listening to that conversation between disembodied voice of Dave and Annie, Dave, I feel like, wasn't very clear. Yes, he did say outright, do not come in, it is too dangerous, but his explanation of what's going on, what happened, why can't we tear this down, it was just vague. Yeah. He could have been more clear. Although, in an unusual situation like this, if he did tell them exactly what happened, and exactly what it's like on the inside, they wouldn't believe him.
0: Yeah, he could have said right out, listen, I have built death traps that can cut off your head and spike traps that can impale you and there is a minotaur running around in here and they would have scoffed at that because to them, that labyrinth in the living room looked barely big enough to hold Dave, let alone all of this other stuff and I almost want to draw a parallel between an adult who knows better and a child who has not yet experienced that level of danger but i don't want to diminish these grown adults to that role if you catch my drift
2: i think it's okay to in this movie because as we learn throughout the movie dave's <clears throat> excuse me dave's state of mind is very transitional he is struggling to come to terms with being an adult who doesn't feel successful. Mm-hmm. He still acts a lot like a kid, getting support from his parents, spending a lot of time on the couch in front of the TV, things like that. So for Dave, this is a growing up moment.
0: Finally finishing something for once? Yes. Yeah. Going back to that idea that these deaths that have happened are on Dave, I mostly grow that idea From the fact that Dave unleashed this upon the world, he is the architect of it, and he is more or less the person who pulled the trigger. Yes, these people triggered the traps, but they weren't strung up themselves. Does that make sense? Am I making any sense here? Probably not.
2: Yes. I think what you mean is that because Dave created the maze, he's responsible for the victims of the maze. Yeah even though all of the entrants are adults and they all made the choice to go in there, Dave made the freaking maze. Yeah. I don't understand why he would make death traps. And I think, gosh, now I can't remember when we talked about it that we supposed perhaps he didn't make the death traps That the Minotaur made the death traps.
0: Yeah, I don't remember.
2: (laughs) But we haven't discussed yet and it's not time to... Quite yet, the origin of the Minotaur.
0: Yeah. Annie is not having any of this. She fires back that this is a rescue and she calls him a dick. And I still love this line.
2: Oh, her delivery is so fantastic. I was so pleased to learn about their relationship. And this minute in particular, and our third minute, minute 44 make me worry for the stability of their relationship Mm -hmm. but now seeing the whole movie their relationship is fine she knows who she's with yeah she knows that he is a man child who doesn't finish things and she just handles it it doesn't seem to bother her too much so i love the way that she talks to him i read a meme the other day on instagram or something that the more serious a relationship gets the more casual it gets (laughs) and she's very casual with him In this sentence, in this delivery. Mm -hmm. And I really, really love it.
0: Yeah. And Gordon, as the best friend, he pipes in we're going to die. And it's all your fault going back to the point that I was making. And it's remarkable to me how quickly things went downhill because Jane, Greg and Bryn, I feel like they went down in super rapid succession. So I could see Gordon in this situation thinking, well, they went down really quick. What's to stop us from following that same timescale pattern? Mm
2: hmm. Mm hmm. And this movie is quick. And it has to be. It's only 80 minutes. So if you're going to have this type of series of events where you have so many characters and who lives and who dies, if you want a decent number of people to die, you got to get to it. Mm -hmm. And they do.
0: I just want to say that I'm glad that we sat down and watched the rest of this movie, because without that experience, we wouldn't have really understood that there were so many other people in the maze.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And our minutes were positioned in such a way that we didn't get to meet anybody else. We didn't get to see anybody else's death. So I think we lost something in that experience.
0: One thing that I definitely noticed over the course of watching the entire movie, and this is something that we're actively seeing in this minute here, when Annie and Gordon confront Dave, Dave doesn't respond. He turns and walks away. And this is something that we're going to see him do continually over the course of this movie, where he refuses to confront accusations against him. He refuses to take the time to consider his accountability in the situation.
2: Which is funny because his obsession is to finish the maze, is to finish what he started. Well, part of finishing what you start is facing the consequences of what you did. And he's not. And he never does. So the internal maze that Dave is creating in this experience, he never
0: completes. Well, now you've got me thinking about the end with the whole way that they resolve the existence of the maze i don't want to get too into it as far as specifics are concerned but now you've got me thinking about it way too soon (laughs) <laughs> this idea. Well, what is Dave's arc? Does Dave complete an arc?
2: We were not lucky enough to, by the roll of the die, get a end minute, right? A credit minute or a very ending of the movie minute where we get to analyze arcs, which is a shame because it's something we really love to do here at the Mad Max Minute.
0: Yeah, Dave walks away from these accusations and he goes over to this table with a big old box on it, and this box specifically, as he opens it and looks down into it, is going to lead to something that really baffled us before we've watched this entire movie but we're not gonna see what it leads to and we'll touch on it over in 44 but as he looks down into it he says oh this will work and then He leaves everybody standing there dumbfounded as he climbs into it.
2: These people have seen things. Yeah. And this room is a baffling room. But I suppose that climbing this box is just too far.
0: (laughs) It's too fantastic. I think what really baffles them is something I mentioned back in part one of today's episode. The fact that there's nothing underneath the table. That's what has them amazed. I'm still holding to that whole, they've crawled through tunnels and they've passed through doorways, but they've never gone through a passageway that isn't logically connected to another space.
2: Well, I would challenge your logically adjective, but (laughs) (laughs) I agree that they've always been able to see the other side of the wormhole Mm -hmm. and now they can't.
0: Yeah. So of course Annie is very taken aback at this idea and Dave insists that they need to go down there. And as they're standing there, staring at this box that Dave has climbed down into, we get to hear the roar in the distance. And we know at this point that it is the Minotaur. It is still chasing them from when they cut a hole in the wall. They have not gotten away yet. They've had this little moment of respite, but they are still actively being hunted.
2: I think that's an important detail that we lacked for part one of this episode. Mm -hmm. Seeing the isolated minute is that tensions are still very high. They're still very fresh yeah they barely got away from the minotaur it is still out there and it wants them definitely ups the scary tension of that roar
0: yeah and it helps illustrate a little bit more exactly why tensions are running a little high in this situation. Dave pops out of the box following this roar and he pleads with everybody that they have to trust him. And when we watched this the first time, the line is cut off. He says, I can't. But what he says is, I can't lose you guys. Despite the fact that he's made this death maze and trapped all of his friends. In it, as inadvertent as he may have been, he still cares about them enough to urge them to stick close so that he doesn't lose them in the maze. I get the sense that he still cares about his friends.
2: Very much so. And it definitely underlines that the maze in its current form is not what he intended mm-hmm. and that he has lost control. Yeah. As if it hasn't been obvious enough. <laughs> <laughs> <to> exactly.
0: <nap. laughs> so that brings us to the end of minute 32. Thank you for allowing us to be your guides on this leg of the journey through the labyrinth if you would like to hear more from us please visit madmaxminute.com where you can find our coverage of the mad max series of movies one minute at a time as well as links to our social media accounts until next time i've been rick ingham and i've been
2: julia Angham.
0: goodbye and then i could probably disarm all the traps and then we can we can finish this maze who is with me
1: that was rick ingham and julia Angham of the mad max minute taking a minute 32 of dave made a maze they will be back in minute 44. Next time on Dave Made a Minute, we Eric Deutsch and Brad Mann and all of Flash Gordon Minute, taking on minute 33. Thank you for listening to Dave Made a Minute. Intro dialogue snippets were taken from Dave Made a Maze, directed by Bill Watterson, written by Bill Watterson and Steve Sears, and produced by John Charles Meyer. Intro music is diversion by The Equals, featured in the film Dave Made a Maze, and Life Cycle of a Match by Parvis Decree. Outro music is leaving this godforsaken place and her presence is strong here by Parvis Decree. Dave Made a Minute is a production of Lemming Drop Studio and all other featured podcast producers. You can find more content at LemmingDrops.com. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Dave Made a Minute. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. And check out all of the participants' other shows to spread the love around. Again, thank you for listening.
0: As long as we're all working together, this is going to be fun. It's going to be great. I need you to notify the families of everyone who died here today. Totally. Wait, what?